If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey everyone, it's Erin Sadler, and today I'm going to be talking to you about the cross-cutting concepts. I think that the cross-cutting concepts are one of those last pieces that we add to our three-dimensional instruction, and I think in this time when we're totally overwhelmed, it's also one of the first things that gets dropped. So when I'm looking at my weekly lesson plans, I try to use a template where I am listing my agenda and then looking to see which phenomena I'm I'm using in my classroom and which of the three dimensions I'm also using. And one of the things that I've noticed is that that cross-cutting concept piece is usually the first one to go because I'm hyper-focused on the science and engineering practices. And I want to explain today why we don't want to do that. If you're interested in that template that I use, I will drop it in the show notes. It's a really easy template to use, and it really doesn't take up any more of your time. The intention behind it is that you will write down what you're already doing and then assess and make a plan for the next steps. I actually think that the cross-cutting concepts are one of the first things that you should make sure that you're covering in your classroom. And I'll talk about why you should be doing that as well, especially if you are totally new to the NGSS. So let's start out by talking about why we even need to teach the cross-cutting concepts in the first place. The cross-cutting concepts were designed to help students make connections between the science and engineering disciplines. And we know that when students make connections, that the learning sticks even more, that learning is is literally making connections between neurons in your brain. They also allow students to create a more usable understanding of science and engineering by creating an overarching framework. We know that our students are going to walk away from our classrooms and not remember every single thing that we teach them, but we want them to have a good overall understanding of science and engineering concepts when they leave. And the cross-cutting concepts does a really great job of providing that foundational framework. And in addition to providing that framework, it also provides students with a common vocabulary. We know that for our students who struggle with language, the more times that they see a term, the better. When they see the term in different contexts, that helps even more, and it helps cement that understanding of what the term actually means. So because we're connecting to those cross-cutting concepts over and over again, it really helps our students who struggle with language. 
Finally, I think that a lot of us feel like some of these connections and concepts are just apparent. For us science teachers, we see these connections all over the place. However, we have seen through research that students don't understand these connections unless they're made explicit. So I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I really believe that if you are new to the NGSS, that the cross-cutting concepts are a great place to start. I also think that if you are teaching in a new environment, so for this year, maybe that is a completely online learning platform, or let's say that you are teaching in a hybrid model and you're struggling to make three-dimensional lesson sequences that work within a hybrid scenario. I would highly suggest that you start with the cross-cutting concepts. And we've talked about this a little bit on the show before. And Nicole has a slightly different approach for just a, a different reason. Um, I don't disagree with her at all. So I'll explain that really quickly. Nicole likes to start with the science and engineering practices because that really helps you make the instructional shifts in your classroom that will lead to a student-led environment. So the reality is we eventually want you to get to a place where you're using the science and engineering practices and the cross-cutting concepts. So it's really about doing what makes the most sense to you in your classroom. But I'm going to talk a little bit about why I think the cross-cutting concepts are a really great place to start. So one of the things that I love about the cross-cutting concepts is that it fits into the systems that you already have been using in your class. For me, helping students make a connection to the cross-cutting concepts doesn't require a lot of extra time or effort on my part. So to me, this is a quick win. It's really about making a connection to those big picture things that we as science teachers see, but our students don't necessarily get on their own. The cross-cutting concepts also are written in a way that helps you easily start making connections to the science and engineering practices when you're ready to do that. So for example, I can start teaching my students about the cross-cutting concept of patterns. And then when I am ready, I can introduce the science and engineering practice of analyzing and interpreting data by maybe having them do something like looking for patterns in quantitative data. Or if I'm using something like the science and engineering practice of systems and system models, I can start by just introducing the concept of systems and I can help them understand that systems are made out of components and those components work together and just start there. And you can have students make connections to this cross-cutting concept over and over again. I can't think of anything that I teach that I couldn't relate to the concept of systems. Then when you're ready, it's really easy to bring in the science and engineering practice of developing and using models using systems and system models as a framework. So students will already understand that systems are made of components and those components are pieces that you can require that they include in their model. So like I said before, this helps students see the big picture. And as they're making those connections, it really solidifies their learning. It helps them really understand those big pieces that you want them to be able to walk away with. So how do we explicitly teach the cross-cutting concepts? The first thing is something that I want you to avoid. I really want you to avoid teaching the cross-cutting concepts all at once. The reason is what we've talked about over and over again on this podcast. It's that context matters and that when you give students a big like chunk of information, 
if it's not directly applied to something, then it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. It just becomes stuff. So instead, what I like to do is to start by providing some direct instruction or examples of the cross-cutting concept. This is one of the few times that I actually still do direct instruction in my classroom is discussing these cross-cutting concepts very explicitly. What I personally use is I've created a reference sheet that I give to students the day before I have students make a direct connection to the content. So these reference sheets are just a brief overview of what that cross-cutting concept looks like. And the reason I do it the day before is because I have very short class periods right now. So I'm only teaching for 40 minutes at a time. So I usually don't have enough time to teach about the cross-cutting concepts and then have them apply it the same day, but you totally could. Then after that cross-cutting concept has been introduced for the first time, I have students apply what they understand to the content. I have two main ways that I've found are really easy to do this, and I've actually created some resources that are on my Teachers Pay Teachers store, and I will link to those in the show notes. The first one is I have some exit ticket templates, and they just say things like, what patterns did you recognize today? What are the components of, a, of the system that we looked at today? Really simple stuff to just help students make that connection really quickly. So these are templates that I can use over and over and over again, regardless of the content. The next thing I like to use is a graphic organizer. And I have a basic template that I use for each of the cross-cutting concepts with slight variation depending on the content. But every time that we make a connection to a given cross-cutting concept, we use that graphic organizer unless we've made one of those quick connections with the exit tickets. These graphic organizers are especially helpful in a virtual setting. I've spoken to several teachers who have mentioned that they're having trouble getting students to take notes. And this is a really good way for students to have notes, but they're notes that they've generated themselves. So if they're making a connection to something like cause and effect, they will use the graphic organizer to identify the cause and effect relationship. And that essentially becomes their notes. It's the, it's the big picture piece that they're walking away with. So this is really nice because once I've done this with the students once, I can kind of give them that graphic organizer and have them fill it out themselves and then just work with individual students, even in my virtual learning environment and help them to fill out the graphic organizer rather than working whole group. And I know both Nicole and I have been getting messages about like, how do you fit it all in? And this is a nice strategy that saves you some instructional time. It allows you to work with individuals or small groups while the rest of the students are, are working on their own. And then finally, it's a really good idea to find a way to keep track of when and how you've used the cross-cutting concepts throughout the school year. So every time that you make a connection to the cross-cutting concepts of patterns, it's really great if you can have a visual way to show the students all of the times they've made that connection. I think we've talked about this before as well on this podcast, but Julie Cannon has this fantastic idea of having a poster up in her classroom for each of the cross-cutting concepts. And then she just puts a sticky note every time that the students make a connection to that cross-cutting concept. This is totally something that you could also do in a virtual setting. For example, you could have a slide deck and on each individual slide, you could have a cross-cutting concept and 
every time that you guys make a connection, you could add something to that slide and then keep that slide in Google Classroom or whatever platform it is that you're using. So like at, in Canvas, you could post it as a page. In Google Classroom, you could post it as a material and just keep it there for students to reference. In fact, I think I'm going to start working on that to add to the bundle that I'm going to post in the show notes um, just to kind of help you out a little bit. It, it won't be in there yet, but I will start working on that. So there's just a couple more things that I would like to mention before I end. Just remember that you don't need to use the cross-cutting concept that's associated with a performance expectation. If you see a connection, you can have your students make a connection and it works really well. You, you don't have to stick to the ones that are given in the performance expectation. I would also recommend starting with one that's easy and then bra branching out. So a lot of teachers feel comfortable using patterns or cause and effect. And you can help your students to get really comfortable with those and then keep adding a new cross-cutting concept every once in a while. And it does a really good job of helping students build that big picture. I think a lot of teachers feel intimidated by some of the cross-cutting concepts. I know scale, proportion, and quantity is usually the one that people struggle with. And you don't have to feel like you have to start there. And even if you don't get to that cross-cutting concept within your school year, it's not the end of the world. These are really flexible. And again, they're designed for students to make those big picture connections. And it's totally okay if you're not getting them in within a school year. In fact, I usually don't touch on scale, proportion, and quantity in the same way in my seventh grade class as I do in my eighth grade class. If you look at the math standards for eighth grade, they really take a step up and students are looking at things like um, exponents, which allows them to look at things like scientific notation and really add um, a mathematical component to their understanding of scale, proportion, and quantity. And I don't think that students in earlier grades are really ready for that. I also think that in this setting, because our time is so limited this year, whether you're in a hybrid scenario or online, I think teachers are really hesitant to spend their time on this because they feel like it's not that valuable, but I assure you it is. It saved me a lot of time in my classroom doing things like reviewing. I feel like I don't have to review as much because students really have those big picture pieces when I end my lesson sequence, so I'm not spending as much time going back. I also, again, just want to reiterate, we know students aren't going to remember every single thing that we tell them, and this provides a really great way for them to understand what's important and walk away with that enduring understanding. So if nothing else, I hope that you feel less intimidated by the cross-cutting concepts and you feel more likely to use them in your class. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. We would love for you to connect with us on Instagram or on Facebook. On Instagram, we're at teaching science underscore in 3D. On Facebook, we're just teaching science in 3D. You can connect with Nicole at iExploreScience or me at Sadler Science. And I will link to all the resources that I mentioned in the show notes. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. 
While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3D planner.